0: Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham! Presents with me, your host Valerie, and sometime Kitty co-hosts Ms. Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, our festivals page, which lists upcoming festivals across the country and the world, and many more resources. Uh, What we're best known for is our events page for live comedy shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW, where 100% of the entries you see come from comics and producers. If you want your show featured on the counter, click the Submit a Show button from the top of the homepage or events page to complete the short survey. It's free and easy. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo to our Instagram followers. Want to support these resources that we provide? Well, you can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Click the support CW icon on our homepage at the top right to see the ways that you can help us. Now back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the Podcast Project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today... I'm talking to somebody that I recently had on our Comedy Wham Showcase out here in Lakeway. Uh, you can see him perform all over Austin. I actually caught him hosting at The Valve uh, for the great Aaron Brooks return uh, last December, I think that was. Yeah, right? it was yeah. December. Okay, and he's. Uh, I recently caught him also performing on Fallout Tonight, which is a great little variety show hosted by Duncan Carson at fallout theater he is the host and producer of clowns for a cause it's a comedy show benefiting austin pets alive hopefully that uh comes back soon and now comedy winger presents our guest
1: ajit Krishnamurti. thank you so much for having me thank you i excited to be here and congratulations <laughs> on eight years
0: oh thank you thank you it's uh it's been a ride yeah. that's all i can say is it's <laughs> been a ride it's uh I, I, when I posted about the eight years, you know, on this day, eight years ago was our first episode. Like it was just a hobby and mm-hmm. it was just, I really was interested in talking to people off stage that I, you know, would laugh at on stage, but I'm like, what's their backstory? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and it, all, it started with all local Austin comics mm-hmm. and then, um, laundry's ready. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then it became, well, there's a comedy festival coming in town. Is there somebody that, that I know about that I could talk to? And now mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, morphed into it's a blend of Austin and touring comics. And every once in a while I get a random opportunity to talk to, you know, somebody that I would never imagine I'd have a chance to talk to, but I'm right. on somebody's list. And so, you know, I get to talk to... Um, Murr from Impractical Jokers, or Howie Mandel. That's amazing. Andy Kindler. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. Brad Williams. It's it's wild. It's really wild. So, thank you. And then it's also morphed into the events page, and, you know, it's just and then getting to I'm sorry I'm tooting my own horn here because I don't know if anybody knows about any of this stuff <laughs> it's not like I talk about it all the time uh, and it then, deserves to be celebrated well, this is sure. a big milestone <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh, getting getting to write for the Austin Chronicle about mm-hmm. the Austin comedy scene is mm-hmm. is pretty cool too So that's nice yeah but let's talk about you for the next hour Ajit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough of me <laughs> um, I have an official icebreaker question go for and it and you have confessed that you have listened to a few of these episodes. Uh-huh. So I, uh, I'm going to ask you the question and then we'll, we'll uh, debrief afterwards. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. One word to describe your past. Grateful. Oh, oh my gosh, you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know, uh, since you kind of pieced together, maybe that I always ask the same question mm-hmm. to kick off, did you think Oh, I'm going to I'm going to do my my episode with with Comedy Wham today. Let me prepare or did you just say no, I'm just whatever comes to mind is is what I what I say.
1: So I I've listened to a bunch of your episodes. We were uh-huh. talking about it previously a little yeah. and uh you know, it's it's awesome how what you're building in the scene and putting a spotlight on comics here. So yeah. I I know I've listened to a bunch of my friends' episodes. So I I kind of knew this was coming. Yeah. But I think, in general, gratitude and being grateful has been a big part of my life, yeah. and that's, yeah. it was a no-brainer for me, like, that's going to be my word. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh,
0: you did not grow up in, in the States, from yeah. my research. Uh-huh. <laughs> was comedy a part of your life growing up? And Tell us uh, where, where you
1: grew up. So I grew up in Mumbai, India, Okay. and uh, I lived there until I was 21. I came to the U.S. for grad school, and uh-huh. I've been here for about five-ish, five and a half years now. Yeah. And comedy has always been in my life in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, we'd watch... There was a TV channel, so my family speaks this language called Tamil, which is a South Indian language, Okay. and... Uh, on cable TV, there was a TV channel that would only show clips of comedy movies 24/7. Oh, uh, comedy clips of like other movies and uh-huh. stuff. And uh, my brother and I, we'd watch it all day, and we loved. You know, we were we would memorize it. We'd like oh. quote comedy scenes at each other, and uh-huh. then we'd watch other variety comedy shows and uh, stand-up comedy as it is known and loved in the U.S. wasn't a very big part of the Indian comedy scene mm-hmm. and my life growing up, but I, I think I we got Comedy Central on cable TV when I was nine when I was in ninth grade mm-hmm. I think, and that was my first like look into the world of uh-huh. stand up and American stand up specifically, and I loved it right from that time. And yeah. yeah, I'm very grateful that I grew up, you know, enjoying a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm.
0: And you're, a, I'll, I'll just put it out there in in, in the in the air, you're a very smart person. Thank you. Uh, with a graduate degree. So uh, did you do any comparison of, oh, this is what I've grown up with, with Indian comedy, mm-hmm. and now I'm getting to see American comedy through Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Did you? Th- were there any noticeable differences for you?
1: Yeah, it was quite different in that uh, American comedy is... So Indian comedy especially comedy on TV India is a more conservative society. Okay. So the comedy that you would see there is super clean mm. and super family friendly. So mm-hmm. stand up uh you know having uh it being American stand up on Comedy Central it referenced a lot of adult themes oh, and yeah. uh you know not necessarily family family friendly content. Yeah. That was that was definitely an interesting change uh, differences that I observed and
0: did did India and the general public uh, have any outcries about Comedy Central coming in and kind of ruining that? You know, this is clean comedy. <laughs> this is this is what we like. Yeah. No out. No outsiders are going to soil this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was still clean. So India has a broadcast censor department. So anything that has to go on TV has to be oh, vetted by them. Okay. So it was very. Uh, they call a censored, censored version, yeah. so I remember watching uh, like Sugar Sammy, someone like, uh, that comes to mind, he's mm-hmm. an Indian American comedian. Yeah, I would watch his special on Comedy Central, and like they'd cut out the punchline. Or, oh no, the no, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's the worst timing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was heavily censored and still clean, but like yeah. you know, it would reference some other adult yeah. themes. And yeah, oh my
0: gosh, wow, that was the
1: one thing that like was stood out to me, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 And growing up, did you did you other than you know you and your brother did you perform at all? Like I have no clue about <laughs> Indian society and like mm-hmm. you know here I can ask an American comic, oh did you do theater? Did you mm-hmm. did you do a- acting classes? So you mm-hmm. know is that even an option for for kids and students growing
1: up? Uh, Stand up comedy is well accepted now in india Mm. it's like in the mainstream there are a lot of comedians coming out of major cities in india but growing up there was no scene to speak of Mm. so there were no opportunities to perform when i was in college a friend of mine and i would talk about so in, in mumbai i grew up in mumbai in mumbai there was only one comedy club and they would do one open mic night once a week and oh, wow. like one show night, once a week. And this was back in 2014, 2015.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Mumbai... M- Mumbai, my God. <laughs> Mumbai, yeah. <laughs> thinking of <Baobus. laughs> Isn't Mumbai like one of the biggest cities...
1: Yeah, it it, population wise, I think it is the biggest city in India, and And it
0: has one open
1: mic. It had one one open mic in twenty fourteen. Like there was no comedy scene to speak of back in the day. And my friend, a few of my friends and I, we would watch a lot of comedy, but there was no Indian comedy to you know enjoy mm-hmm. and we would talk about always like going to check out the open mic mm-hmm. or check out a live show but it kind of yeah. never happened because it was like in south bombay we'd call it which was like the more upscale part of town which is downtown you can call it uh-huh. farther away from like where i my friends lived yeah. yeah so it never happened i never got a chance to like watch live stand-up mm. in india uh it was only when I got to America, when I came to, I, I went to the University of Minnesota for my grad school. And uh, in grad school, we had our, in college, we had a comedy club. And that was my first real meeting with people who have actually been doing comedy, and it uh-huh. was a, it was a bunch of students, right? It was just a bunch of like-minded students who, some of them have been doing comedy for a few years, and some of them, like me, have never held a microphone before. Uh-huh. So we'd all get together every week and write jokes, workshops and stuff, and uh, go to open mics together, and every month we would put together a, a showcase of the comedy club yeah. members, and that was my like, first introduction into me actively doing or writing jokes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So talk about uh, your decision to come to grad school in America. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like you hit the ground running with joining this comedy club. (laughs) Were you like thinking, no, I'm going to go to America. I'm going to get this degree. (laughs) But also, because is that campus in Minneapolis? Yes. So there's a great comedy club in Mm -hmm. Minneapolis that's very highly regarded. Yeah, the Acme Comedy Club. Yeah. Yeah. So like, were you... Putting all these pieces together, thinking, okay, I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to get into Acme. I'm going to do this comedy club. It's all going to start now.
1: So I, I didn't know anything about, like, Acme. I didn't know anything about doing comedy, per uh-huh. se, before yeah. coming to grad school. But I did know that there was a comedy club. I was So when I got it, uh, accepted it, uh, at the University of Minnesota, and then I was like... I'd, uh, accepted that I'm gonna go there. Mm-hmm. I started looking into like what the student life is like yeah. there, and that's when I learned that there are some such things called student clubs where mm-hmm. like-minded students come together, do things together. And I learned that there's a comedy club. And comedy is something that has always interested me. Yeah. So I thought I'd want to... I, I messaged them on Facebook before coming to Minnesota. Oh my I was God. like, hey, d- what's up with the Aldi? I'll meet. Uh-huh. What, what's the deal? And they're like, yeah, we meet every week. Come Come join us in one of uh-huh. our meetings. And I just went without any expectations. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved being a part of that group.
0: Yeah. And what was your um, what was your approach to writing... Comedy, because mm-hmm. you've grown up in this environment, mm-hmm. and now you're in a completely different environment with with fellow. I would imagine you've got a, a diverse mix of fellow club members, mm-hmm. some coming from America, maybe some coming from other global scenes, mm-hmm. who have like different sensibilities. So, what did you bring in, you know, as as your sensibility?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, that's a good question. It's definitely uh, you know, as someone who was basically fresh off the boat (laughs) it was definitely everything was new to me everything about america was new to me and uh you know i think i that's what i kind of brought in with me of like my observations and my differences and perspectives Like, oh y'all just take this thing for granted which is crazy to me Mm. and that's the kind of approach that i brought
0: Yeah. yeah and do you remember your first time like performing on stage yeah
1: <laughs> so it was funny so every month as I mentioned we put together a monthly student showcase uh-huh. uh, as opposed to most comedians who start out at an open mic mm-hmm. I started out on a showcase yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. So it was really fun where I, I, my first time ever, I was so scared, but I signed up. This was the October showcase, 2019. Uh-huh. And uh, I had, I'd written some jokes down, but I was so nervous. I had never like gone up on stage to like perform anything. I was not, not in like theater or mm-hmm. dance or anything of that sort. Yeah. I can't sing. So that was my first time going up on stage. And when I went up on stage, I brought... A- <laughs> Bunch of papers with me. Initially, everyone was like, you should write down bullet points. But I was Uh like, no, I'll forget. I wrote down my entire three minute set word for word. (laughs) Went up on stage with like three sheets of paper. Oh my god, a sheet!
0: Okay, can, can I tell people what your profession is? Yeah,
1: go because for it. Because it's
0: very on brand. You're an engineer, which requires yeah. exact precision and accuracy in everything that you do. Everything right. has to be planned out. So this is very on brand. Yeah.
1: I was so scared. I was like sweating. But I went up and uh, I got some laughs, which uh-huh. I was so happy with. Yeah. And I, I was like, This is what I want to do. this is great, <laughs> so it didn't scare you away. no, thankfully, I yeah. got some laughs. <laughs>, laughs
0: and and when you 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 said earlier that you've been here for five years, mm-hmm. in my mind, I thought you meant you'd been in Austin five years. you've been in the country, in the country for five, five
1: years. years
0: yeah okay so um so happy almost anniversary of both <laughs> doing comedy and being uh in america <laughs> mm-hmm. so um. Today when I watch you on stage you're not you don't have the three pieces of paper <laughs> in front of you yeah. anymore. When how long did it take you to start like trusting yourself that you didn't have to have that mm-hmm. kind of control or safety blanket with you?
1: Right. I I am super grateful that I started out in that kind of an environment with other club students Mm -hmm. where I, I, you know, after every showcase that we would do, we'd like sit together and one of the senior members of the club, Arman Shah, he would make, you know, know, he'd note down the points and pros and cons Mm -hmm. and like tips and we'd all like debrief. Uh And I feel like having gone through that supportive environment where everyone is looking out for each other and I got to learn how to hold the microphone correctly. I got to learn that it's not considered okay to like go up with your entire set written down on a piece of paper with you and I learned so much from that supportive environment yeah. which I would probably not have gotten if I had just started going out to an open mic because yeah. at the end of the day comedy is a very you're on your own basically you have your friends and everything and if you have a good supportive group of people to have your back that's that, yeah. That's amazing. and'm I'm, I'm glad that I had that. and I, I learned from my peers and my friends and other senior members in the comedy scene. You mentioned Minneapolis, the scene in mm-hmm. Minneapolis is it's a great little scene. there's there are not that many comics as compared to like Austin sure. or New York, but it's a it's a very supportive scene and there's a lot of quality comedians out there. so I got yeah. to learn a lot from those people in there. Anybody
0: that you've seen like rise up from from your your crew of comedy Club? Yeah, members? so
1: Armand Shah that I mentioned, uh-huh. he's a senior, he he was uh, also graduating the same semester that I did. He now is in New York and he produces a lot of shows and he used to produce a lot of shows in Minneapolis and now huh. in New York and. That's cool. I remember a bunch of comic comics. Uh, Ali Sultan, he's a, he's a great Minneapolis comic. Okay. He's like, he has done Colbert, he's done Late Night. Wow. He now, like, you know, flutters back and forth between uh-huh. New York and, and Minneapolis. And Chloe Radcliffe, she's now based out of New York. She started out in Minneapolis. So it was great to nice. see a lot of these quality comedians who are now making a name for themselves yeah. in the global comedy scene.
0: Mm-hmm. So the next question that I have for you, for a lot of people that are starting out in comedy... Mm-hmm. Their draw, especially in that 19 to 20 uh, year range, the year 2019, 2020, they're thinking about coming to Austin because they know it's a, you know, open comedy scene. But for you, it's probably your job that led you <laughs> here more so than ah, I, you know, want to experience the Austin comedy scene. <laughs> Did you know about the Austin comedy scene? Uh, before you made, made a move after graduating?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So after I graduated, I was living in San Diego for okay. about two to two and a half years. Okay. And uh, at that time, you know, I was not doing very much comedy because I moved to San Diego in February 2020.
0: Right okay. before yeah. the pandemic
1: kind of hit full force. I think I, I moved to San Diego and in, in less than two weeks, the state of California went into a shutdown. Oh gosh. So I was like brand new to comedy. Oh. I didn't know any comics in San Diego. I didn't even know anything about comedy, to so to speak. Yeah. So you know, as a newer comic in a new city, I almost stopped doing comedy mm. entirely. So I had a big year and a half, almost two year gap in comedy. And then when things were slowly picking back up, I got a job that wanted me to move out to austin and Mm. that's kind of what brought me to austin primarily yeah but i had heard about the growth that the austin scene was experiencing and the spotlight that was put on it with you know creek in the cave moving here and uh joe rogan putting a spotlight on the scene Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of buzz around the Austin scene. So I'm, I'm grateful that I got to move to Austin. But comedy was not the primary reason that brought me here. It was yeah. just a happy accident.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how long did it take for you to start figuring out that there was a lot of comedy um, that you could, you could partake of and get, get to your first show or open mic mm-hmm. here in Austin? And what mic was it? Or show? The okay.
1: first uh, mic that I did in Austin? Yeah. I think that was the Wanderlust mic. Okay. I had moved here in June, late June 2022. Uh-huh. And I was lucky that in the building that I was living in at the time, uh, I there was also another comedian living there, Dodd. Okay. And uh, he, 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 you know, he's been doing comedy for many, many, many years. And he told me that this is a good open mic. He took me there one day and sl- slowly started exploring the scene. And it took me, I think... My first Austin booked gig was in January of twenty twenty three. So I think okay. it was like six ish months mm-hmm. for me to like figure out the scene and get to know people and to yeah. write more and get my own yeah you know jokes going.
0: And and how did that experience go for you? As far as you know, you you went from ex- excusing San Diego. You went from like a, this really supportive environment mm-hmm. to. You know, there's factions that say our Austin scene now is kind of, you know, doggy dog, but then there's <laughs> pockets of like super supportive um m- groups and mm-hmm. um, you know, how how did you make your way to sorting out what worked for you in in the
1: scene? I think my personal experience with the Austin scene has been that all the comics that I've met and worked with and interacted with, most people have been super kind and welcoming. Mm-hmm. And the scene overall has been very welcoming to me. Yeah. So I'm really lucky that my experience has been pretty great yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
0: you're like you're being very diplomatic about this. Okay, fine. You're not gonna help me trash anything. I get it. You're just too above board Ajit. <laughs> Um, what was uh, did you say? What your first book show was? My first
1: which ever book show was my first ever time doing comedy, which was the
0: no 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 here in Austin. Oh, my first book yeah, show was uh, Cherrywood Coffee. Okay, uh, with uh, Hunter show. Duncan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he? Uh, he never talks to me anymore, uh, unless I'm putting him on my show. Is he still <laughs> co-hosting that, or is that is that now it's his? Because he had a co-host for a while who married and they had a baby and yeah I don't different know priorities. if that
1: show is going on anymore I oh really heard oh, it's still on my calendar <laughs> see I told you he doesn't <laughs> mi- talk to me so I haven't heard about that show in a while so oh really I don't know oh
0: man <laughs> well maybe if he would answer my calls Hunter Duncan you're on my shit list <laughs> tell me if Cherrywood's still going on <laughs> I'm probably sending hapless people to Cherrywood so is there a show tonight no but have some have some uh coffee and a pastry right <laughs> <laughs> um what has, uh, have you had some favorite moments? Because now you've had basically a year, full year, mm-hmm. uh, in the Austin comedy scene. What mm-hmm. have been some of your, your favorite
1: moments? One of my favorite moments was, uh, let, me, let me think. There have been a lot of great <laughs> moments, yeah. a lot of great shows that happened in town. Let me see. I think you're going to have to cut out cut out this awkward silence. <laughs> no, I, I
0: don't do all, any sound <laughs> editing. Okay. <laughs> if you not piece that together from the episodes you listen to. <laughs> That's
1: funny. Uh Let's see. I think uh the show that I uh talked to you at 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 the Valve uh-huh. was a great time. Yeah. I was I was hosting for Aaron Brooks and that was such a fun show cuz right from the start at the Valve usually the the people slowly trickle in mm-hmm. around the middle of the show. Yeah. So there were people there right from the start of the show and they were they were drunk and they were ready to have fun <laughs> and they were ready to laugh. So I had a had a really fun time there. Yeah. And uh let me try to think. There was uh, Let me look up what the venue was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. but so th- there was this little commune in East Austin, okay. where uh, there used to be a show. Uh, it doesn't happen anymore, but it was like this this funky little uh, commune where, uh, you know, there was a monthly showcase that was running, and that was such a fun little place because they had, uh, after the comedy show, they had people twirling fire, and they had like other oh, dancers cool. and it was like a nice little uh, very i was told that it was very old austin vibe uh-huh. yeah sounds and like yeah, yeah I, did, I had a great time and the 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 show was structured in that there was like a little circle and people were sitting all around oh, neat the comics uh-huh And it was a great time. I did a lot of, you know, crowd work Uh and I had a fun time. And that's where I met Brendan K. O'Grady. And he booked me for my first short thing at that time. So it was such a, it was a memorable show for me because I I had a great time on stage on that show.
0: Yeah. Has your, has your style of comedy evolved since you've been immersed in the the Austin scene?
1: Mm, That's a good question. I think every comic is always evolving and uh, changing in some way. But I think being in the Austin comedy scene, one thing I've learned is the value of cleaner comedy. Mm. As I'm learning more and more about how it's, for me personally, I can't speak for other people, but for me, it's very rewarding to have a clever and clean joke as opposed to a crass joke. So I'm learning the value of clean comedy more and more.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping that as the scene continues to grow, that there is more value to that, because it's kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, the scene has grown, and you've you've got one end of the spectrum, this, you know, the crass is, is mm-hmm. a big, big draw, but right. I think if we're going to be a big comedy scene, we need to appeal to m- m- many different audiences, including those that just, they, they enjoy clean comedy, or they, they don't think about it, they just... You know, they just wanna laugh. Right. (laughs) And if they you know, I think the funnest thing is watching a comic and really enjoying their their work Mm -hmm. and only after the fact do you realize oh, that was a clean set. Right. Wow, that's really
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, that is such that is a great compliment to receive. Yeah. Because I've done some clean sets, and people have come up and like, oh, you were doing a clean set. Yeah. I didn't even realize. Yeah. So it feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the goal of a comedian is to make people laugh and not to say X, Y, yeah. and Z. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, last year you also tackled your first, like, you putting together a show together mm-hmm. and it wasn't just a show it was like a benefit and it mm-hmm. was a, a a big deal uh do you want to talk about why you decided to take on this big uh show project sure yeah it's a great
1: segue <laughs> too because i the show i produced it uh, it was called clowns for a cause uh-huh. we benefited austin pets alive austin's a beloved animal shelter, Mm -hmm. and it was a clean showcase. So I wanted to, my whole, uh, you know, when I was thinking about producing my own show, I thought, why not work with APA? Because I've been volunteering with them pretty much right from the time I moved to Austin, and they do a lot of great work, and I thought, why not, you know, help them out and, you know, give give back to the Austin community. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my initial ideation yeah. and then i spoke to apa and they were super on board right from the start and uh i even when i told them that it's a clean show they're like oh don't worry about it we're all adults here you don't <laughs> have to make it clean but i was like "No, yeah. no, i want to make it a clean showcase Yeah. and uh you know it was a great time we did our first show in september and we raised a lot of money we raised more than eight thousand dollars for nice. Congratulations. Awesome life. thank you so much yeah i definitely want to keep it going i'm i'm in Uh, conversations with apa about figuring out their event schedule for this year and we're definitely bringing Mm -hmm. it back so people listening to it definitely keep it on your list of shows you want to check out (laughs) (laughs) very good
0: very good all right we are going to take a break i didn't give you a a warning about this uh before but if you have listened to recent episodes you know that i like to do this break in between where uh i pick two cards from this card game where should Mm -hmm. we begin and it's open ended questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna pick two cards here. I've not seen these before. Right. You're gonna to point to the one that you want me to read to you.
1: Oh, okay. So, so point... I can look at
0: them. No, no, you cannot look okay. at them. Okay. No. <laughs> you point to the one you want me to read to you. Okay, let's do this one. You're gonna to... Okay. So I'm gonna read this one to you after you read that one to me. Oh, I And like that. we're gonna practice our improvised open ended <laughs> questions. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So let's go. You go first.
1: Okay. So the text on it says, the hardest lesson I've learned about love.
0: Ooh, the hardest lesson I've learned about love. Oh, my gosh. Um, hmm. It's a deep question. It is a deep question. Um, uh, (laughs) The hardest lesson? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, because sometimes it could be an easy lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I guess, I mean, it's kind of a universal thing. The hardest lesson about love is, you know, sometimes you love somebody so much and then they go away. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about, you know, a like a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, right. wife thing, but, you know, like losing your dad uh, mm-hmm. that you love very mm-hmm. much and then you think about still to this day and it's just like, oh man, that sucks that yeah. they're gone from your life, But while they were around, you know, you built a lot of memories that you can call back to. So, Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it, like I'm (laughs) starting, I could tell I'm starting to get emotional thinking about my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, he's been gone, oh gosh, what is it, uh, seven years Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's, it's realizing, or maybe it's, I think it can be hard if you think about the fact that you could lose somebody that you love. Mm-hmm. If you just try to stay present and in the moment, maybe that lesson isn't as hard. I don't like no, know. Yeah. yeah. So, ugh, that was a tough one. <laughs> Jeez, Ajit. Let's hope that yours is. Oh, this, this could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, your question yeah. is a big taboo in my family is. <laughs> 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 How much time do we have? <laughs> Are they going to listen to this, do you think?
1: Probably. no. (laughs) (laughs) A big taboo in my family. So, you know, coming from a conservative society, like Indian society, and uh, my family is also, you know, more conservative in that traditional sense, you Mm -hmm. know, not necessarily, you know. I don't want to make it sound like political or anything. They're more traditional. And uh, there are so many taboos in my family Uh, you know, doing comedy, you know, a lot of my family members don't really approve of Mm. and don't really appreciate. And in my family, you know, everyone in my family is, uh, there's a lot of respect and... uh, uh, Yeah, there's a lot of respect for education and having a good career. And that's what most people in my family aspire to. Yeah, That's a great thing. But I think on the flip side... Uh, artistic endeavors are kind of frowned upon in yeah. general, so it's you know some some people in my family don't really approve of mm. that I do comedy, and also like I I do fashion modeling, so some of my family members don't really approve of oh, that as well. So, okay. yeah, hmm. that's what comes from comes with, uh, you know, India as a country, you know, having suffered from its colonial past. Sure. Uh, there are. A lot of people, their population, there's a lot of, you know, infighting for resources. And in order to stand out and to have a good chance at a good life, education is paramount. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that is ingrained upon members of my family. But that also comes with it, that that also brings with it that kind of apprehensiveness of like trying risky things. So there's that flip side as well.
0: Do you have any family that's here in the states, or are they all back home?
1: Uh, most of my family is back home okay. in India. I do have an uncle uh, in Seattle. Yeah,
0: because hmm. you know, hearing the you know the the pursuit of creative endeavors, <laughs> modeling, it would be. I wish, the maternal side of me thinks, I wish you had some family that was here so that they could support you, so that they Mm -hmm. could realize, you know, A, you're a smart guy who got a (laughs) graduate degree, who's who's got a a nice job, I I presume. (laughs) Thank you. You just happen to also be pursuing these creative endeavors. And Mm -hmm. it's it's all making, you know, if I, okay, mom and dad and family, if you're listening to this, (laughs) look your kid (laughs) smart (laughs) is pursuing these creative endeavors and it's all balancing out and it's making him a complete you know package as opposed to so solely focused on one thing and Mm -hmm. that's okay it's okay
1: thank you for so I I hope you know
0: if they say uh, she didn't know what she was talking about (laughs) who is she But yeah, you know, I, I, I obviously I've talked to a lot of comics and some people mm-hmm. that are just so singularly focused on one thing. Right. You know, it it's like riding a bike at high speeds. Mm. If you're that focused and you hit a pebble, it could knock you off completely on your game mm-hmm. off your game. Mm-hmm. But if you know how to ride down a street and you know how to ride down, you know, dirt hills or whatever, you've got a variety, then you're better equipped to handle the the pebbles, the Boulders you know many things that can be uh, impediments yeah. along the way so
1: I like that that's a beautiful metaphor yeah,
0: yeah. Um, What is it ab- about you despite um, maybe having that that family pressure or perspective? what is it that has made you willing to branch into creative, Obviously, the comedy was very evident mm-hmm. from watching uh, TV growing up, mm-hmm. and then having the opportunity of of the club. But mm-hmm. you know, those could be you know little dalliances that you throw <laughs> away after a year or so. But you're right. you're sticking with it. Mm-hmm. And then um, modeling, which I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about you that you think makes you like pursue these more creative avenues of of being you?
1: Mm. That's a good question. I think it 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 has a it doesn't have a simple answer, mm. but I think the overarching theme you which you touched upon as well is that I want to have a a broader life, you know, yeah. I want to I don't want to be a G, the engineer or I don't just want to be a G, the X1 thing. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah. try a lot of things, I want to do a lot of things and I want to explore and uh, you know, live my life. Life yeah. is short, so I mm. don't want to limit myself. So I'm, I'm always hap, open to like trying new things. And yeah. if it sticks, it sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, it's been a long time coming. Growing up in a very conservative household and a very conservative society, there's always this uh, conscious and subconscious, you know, point of view of, oh, what would they think? What would my family members sure. think? What would they say? In, in Hindi, there's this famous saying that says kya kahenge, which means what would the people say mm. so this is something that's ingrained upon uh, even as a child you're like taught to behave in a certain way act in a certain way and do certain things mm-hmm. so that the society will not look down upon you so I think it has been a long time coming and uh, something that I've actively struggled to like deprogram myself out of yeah It's so different
0: than how I would say Americans live their life Mm because Americans are like, Who cares what the people say? Right, I'm gonna (laughs) let my freak flag fly, I'm gonna do whatever I want, right? Right. And yeah, maybe mom and dad might be embarrassed if you know you do something wild and crazy, but um, that's just I think that's a lot of how Americans are programmed, right? Yeah, this
1: idea of freedom and personal freedom is so ingrained in the American psyche that it's different from a more traditionalist society Mm -hmm. like India.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, mom and dad, if you're, again, if you're (laughs) listening, you know, he is doing clean comedy. So there's nothing for you to be embarrassed about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: I don't think I've ever, like, you know, broken a fourth wall and addressed somebody's mom and dad before. So, you know, it's a first for everything. There you go. Yeah. Um,. So you are relatively new in comedy, mm-hmm. and for being in Austin just over a year, you've had some great wins. What mm-hmm. are what are some things you're looking forward to uh, besides Clowns for a Cause, which I hope to see come back mm-hmm. soon? Uh, what are some other exciting things that you're you're hoping uh, to do in, in 24? We're early enough in 24 that we can...
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think overall I want to I, I don't see my comedy journey as like a set of milestones to achieve mm. but it's more of an internal thing for me Yeah. Uh, what I see for myself in 2024 is I want to get better and better I want to write more I want to write more consistently mm. and I want to come up with jokes and stuff that I can be proud of that's yeah. my goal mm. for 2024
0: okay well that's, that's a good goal that's... thank you <laughs> Um, what are some of your favorite things about doing comedy?
1: Mm. I I guess it's every comic I'm sure who's been doing it loves the comedian's high, like mm. that rush that you get. Yeah. When I go up on stage uh, not knowing how the crowd is going to react, not knowing anyone in the audience, and still spreading that joy, mm-hmm. giving them a moment's... Reprieve, making them laugh and sharing this moment with yeah. the crowd, and you know, seeing the whole room roar in laughter—that yeah. fills me up in a way that yeah. just rarely any other thing does. so I'm really, <laughs> you know, I'm chasing that high. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I cracked that code. <laughs> no, not the same. <laughs> not the same at no. all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are some things that you don't love about doing comedy?
1: It's mm. a good question. Uh, let me see. Comedy has overall been a very positive experience for me. Yeah. That I don't know if there are any negatives that I can think of. One, let's see, uh, what is something I don't enjoy about comedy? Hmm, man, I don't know if I have an answer mm. for that. I overall my journey with comedy has yeah. been you know up and down but still i i am in love with the idea of yeah, comedy so yeah. I, I can't think of anything that i dislike yeah. about it
0: i mean you have you have stability in other areas of your life that right. you know that this is you know the ups and downs are going to come but overall mm-hmm. it's still a creative pursuit that you're you're enjoying
1: yeah that's definitely true i'm very privileged in that i have a relative amount of stability in yeah. my life where i can I don't have to worry about getting two square meals a day or having yeah. a roof over my head that I can pursue comedy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to challenge you a little okay. bit here because you are, you are newer in mm-hmm. comedy and I have now seen you perform, I think, in three different venues. Okay. I saw you at Aaron's show hosting right. mm-hmm. and the room loved you and you <laughs> Thank were great. You. You. Uh, you did my show, which is you know a weird crowd, <laughs> very buttoned up. Which I would have thought they would have loved you because they're so buttoned up. Um, and then you did Fallout Tonight, which is no reflection on you, but Fallout <laughs> Tonight, it's still kind of getting its sea legs, right. so it was a, a small audience. Right. And um, how do you how do you deal with like you get you go from the room that loves you and, you know, mm-hmm. cheers and, and rewards you with lots of loud laughter to, uh, heh, heh, <laughs> you know, <kind> of <laughs> that response because your jokes are solid. Thank you. So how yeah. do you deal with that? Because newer comics, that's very typical of the learning curve right. of, oh, these jokes, they destroy in this space. I can't get any reaction out of a different space with the same jokes.
1: Right. And I think a lot of, you know it was my tendency when i was very new to comedy it was it's the tendency of a lot of newer comics is to f- their their knee jerk reaction is to blame the audience mm. but i think that is not necessarily that might not necessarily be true in yeah. every case you yeah. know audiences the the way it is people are unique and different mm-hmm. so it is i think upon us as comedians to like make sure whatever you do on stage is worth their time and their money if they they've, paid, they've yeah. paid to watch it Uh, I think dealing with those kinds of ups and downs is part of the game. Mm. It just happens. You're not going to have, you know, no comedian has like never bombed. That's just not a thing. So I think keeping that overall bigger picture in mind that after a show, the major question should not be whether I got everyone to laugh or not. The question should be what did I learn from here? Mm. How can I get better? I think if you have that growth mindset, it doesn't really. It shouldn't really bother you as much if you bomb or crush.
0: Yeah, yeah. And do you mind sharing like some of the things that you take away from some from experiences like that?
1: Mhm. Yeah, I think the sometimes I realize that oh okay, some of my material needs tightening mm. a little. I was you know, as you mentioned, some material crushes somewhere and I don't really think about it, but when it doesn't really land as well, I Yeah. I'm able to go back to the drawing board and think like, okay, does the does it need some change here? Do mm. I need to drop this bit? Do I need to add something to it? So yeah. it, it it definitely it, every show, every opportunity is a learning experience. So I think that's yeah. that's what I take away from it.
0: Since you started from reading three pages of material, (laughs) do you still tightly control, even without the paper, tightly control like your word choices and your your joke structure? Mm -hmm. Or are you uh, at a point where, you know your jokes very well, obviously, Mm -hmm. but you're willing to do a little bit of improvisational adjustment on the fly? Like how Mm. much control do you have?
1: Over Mm. your jokes? That's a good question. I think that engineer's mindset is still with me. Mm. Where I like the aspect of being precise and doing A-B testing and like (laughs) precisely checking what if I change the word order in Mm. here and there. So I think I still am pretty precise with the way I structure my jokes and the way I structure my punchlines and the set order of my bits. But I do allow for some improvisation from time to time. But mm-hmm. I think once I've kind of, you know, how do I say this? So before every show, I decide what I kind of want to do, and I kind of stick to that precise plan. But mm-hmm. I do change that plan from show to show, from set to set. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, <laughs> might not be the exciting answer you were hoping <laughs> no, for. No, anyway. I was hoping
0: for you know something wild and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, is there is there anything you is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want people to know about
1: you? Hmm, something that we haven't talked about that I want people to know. Hmm. I don't know. I guess we've touched upon the main things. I am really, you know, the the central idea, as I mentioned, you know, at the beginning as well, has been of gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm grateful to be here in this country and all the opportunities that I've gotten by virtue of all the things that I've, you know, received in my life. And Mm -hmm. I'm super grateful, you know, doing comedy was not something I planned upon but yeah. here I am so I'm super grateful and people have been kind and welcoming towards me and yeah. have you know supported me in many many ways so yeah. I'm really grateful for that very nice <laughs>
0: Okay how do you get into modeling not that I want to know <laughs> but like how you how do you add that to your plate
1: <laughs> I haven't really <laughs> talked about modeling very much on in my comedy Yeah I feel like it's uh, I I don't want to come across as douchey or <laughs> You know, I have to frame it correctly, I think. Yeah, I think, I think there's
0: something there, though, because yeah. on stage you seem so genuine and sweet. Thank you. That I think I think there's going to be something there that you can mm-hmm. bring that, you know, will avoid the, you know, douchey model stereotype. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be something there. Yeah. I mean, a, an engineer who's a model and a comic. There's gold there somewhere, Ajit. <laughs> there has to be. <laughs> okay, yeah, I need to dig down and check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm sure I've spoken to to models who are comics before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be female. <laughs> yeah. So I think you may be the, the first male that I've I've spoken to that somehow manages to <laughs> Do comedy and their they're model. Have you spoken
1: to any Indian comic models? No, definitely
0: not. No. So again, very niche, very yeah. uh, unique, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's see if I want to draw from my pool of mm-hmm. of other questions. Um, oh, this is a good one, especially for a newer comic festivals how do you feel about festivals
1: oh festivals i've i'm i i learned about them last year when you know i learned about moon tower here uh-huh. in austin yeah i volunteered at moon tower last oh, year nice. i might I volunteer again this year uh-huh. and uh it, it seems like it's a it's a great opportunity to meet comics from all different scenes and mm-hmm. all over different parts of america and more importantly learn about different styles of comedy yeah i think when we stick or when we've been doing comedy long enough in a city we kind of know a lot of the comics here we know what they talk about yeah. we kind of get a feel for a lot of people's styles mm-hmm. it's a nice refreshing change when you see comics from all over yeah. and interact with them in person and talk about their experiences and learn about their styles of comedy and it's definitely been something that i'm learning more about i've done three i've performed on three comedy festivals so far and i definitely want to keep doing perform doing more and i I feel like it it has been a great learning opportunity Mm -hmm. for me every single one of them
0: it's great networking too yes definitely what are
1: the three that you you've done so i the first comedy festival i performed was the loons on the lake Comedy Festival okay. in Minneapolis oh. that was last year in nice. June uh-huh. and uh, I did the uh, Hudson Valley Comedy Festival just a couple of weeks ago okay. in Peekskill New York Wow! and I did the Blue Ridge Comedy Festival in December that was in Bristol Tennessee
0: okay wow nice
1: yeah. Nice. so I'm, I'm definitely I've learned so much and I met so I've many talented and hard-working comics from all over uh-huh. the country so yeah. it's definitely been a great opportunity
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Because now when you travel, you've got this network. Hey, can I, do you know anybody I can hop on a show?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing I've noticed is that comics everywhere are so kind and Mm -hmm. are willing to like lift each other up Yeah. that everyone I've met at festivals has been like, oh, let me know when you're in my city, I'll put you on a show or, you know, there's this kind of, uh, bonding and camaraderie that exists yeah. in the comedy world. And the comedy world I'm learning is surprisingly small. Hmm, really? You, know, you tend to run into huh. I mean, I guess the top of the top in any field is rarefied, sure. but even in between yeah. like, you know, newer comics huh. as well, like you tend to comics I've met in different cities, they we somehow tend to have common mutual comics that we are we know of or have worked with so the world is the comedy world is so small that everyone is always looking out for each other and i love that about the comedy community
0: very good (laughs) awesome
1: okay well
0: let's uh let's go to my closing question Mm -hmm. all right one word to describe
1: your future one word to describe my future i think hopeful
0: you like the full (laughs) words From grateful to hopeful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Way and Presents. Ajit Krishnamurthy. Ajit, tell us where we can find you on social media and promote your projects.
1: Oh, thank you. You can find me on uh, Instagram and TikTok at pajama underscore naps. (laughs) (laughs) I keep my show schedules and projects posted on both of these platforms. So follow me there.
0: Okay, very good and uh, that's that's pyjama. It's one of the, f- the best handles out there I think. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one day you're you're going to your star is going to rise cuz I've seen this happen so many with comics that got their start in Austin. They have like really mm-hmm. cute handles and then they they rise and rise and rise until you know they have to like, you know, it's got to be my name comedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I get very sad about that. But the saddest one is: Do you do you know uh, Vanessa Gonzalez? Yeah, I love her comedy. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. So she when she first started, her handle was Vanessa, and it was B U H N A N E S S A. Oh, Vanessa. that's nice. And I'm like, oh man, that's the great handle. Yeah. And then you could kind of see as her star is rising. It's like <laughs> now it's Vanessa Not G Vanessa comedy. comedy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> So hang on to that for as long as you can. But, you yeah. know, the day that you have to change it <laughs> is the day you know you've made it. Right. So.
1: <laughs> I hope I never make it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about Ajit. Uh, sorry, let me say that again. We hope you've enjoyed learning about how Ajit got to be the comedic genius that you heard today, just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wearing Presents Ajit Krishnamurthy. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Ajit.
1: Thank you.